0: symbol of excellence in sports
1: entertainment. Well, it's live, Episode 10. It's a big one. Alongside with his brother Jeff, Scott has made an impact on me personally. Not just with the fully posable Wrestling Figure podcast and the Fig Life community, which they built, but with their camaraderie and the help they gave me to get my podcast off the ground. Many know them from their starring roles in the hit Netflix show, The Toys That Made Us. But to me, the Toon Brothers are the pioneers. Guys that kicked off this awesome world of wrestling figure podcasting. And they have hundreds of episodes to prove it. But more than that, they are my friends. So. Sitting alongside me is my storyline brother, not my real life brother. (laughs) Scott, Scott, say hello. Hello. I always wanted to do that, man. I've been waiting.
0: (laughs) Well done. You're already better at it than Jeff is. Well done. (laughs) I don't know about that. How are you doing, brother? Dude, I am doing great. I am excited to be on your show. We've been talking about this, it seems like, forever. And I've just got to say, dude, I am so proud of you for what you're putting out there. You're making it all about the Fig Life community Big fan of what you're doing. I love the show. I can't say enough good things about it. So just want to say, Tim, I am super happy for you.
1: Appreciate those words. I obviously, you guys have been a big influence on me. And and you especially kind of gave me the hard push out the door several months back. And (laughs) and, uh, I appreciate that. So I won't go down that rabbit hole. But I appreciate all you guys have done for me.
0: Absolutely. Dude, it's our pleasure. Honestly, like when you were kind of talking to me about thinking about doing it and kind of going through everything that might happen. And honestly, you reached out to me. You reached out to Jeff. It was our pleasure to kind of give you some pointers and get you into this crazy podcast community and start making friends. Like that's kind of the coolest part. We've been doing Fully Posable now for like five and a half years. And I've got to say the coolest part of doing it is really making all the friends that we have, as Jeff calls them, the podcast buddies. And you went from a friend to now a podcast buddy. So you've definitely moved up the chain. And I've just got to say, dude, I'm so happy you've jumped in. I know the scheduling is, is really one of the hardest parts of doing all this, but you're sticking with it. And dude, I'm so happy for you. Appreciate
1: it, man. Before we get started, I guess I got to ask you what kind of bang energy you have coursing through your veins today.
0: <laughs> today is Lemon Drop. And funny story is a local supermarket has knocked Lemon Drops down to 50 cents a can. So we've literally we've been buying them by the box full. So I think right now in our garage, we've got like 60 cans of bang lemon drop. So it's any question I get moving forward for like the next three or four weeks of what flavor of bang are you drinking today? Almost a guarantee. It's going to be lemon drop.
1: This is in your garage, you said?
0: Yeah, we've got four boxes in our garage of 12 cans each. And then in the fridge, in the garage, we've stocked 12 cans. So we are literally to the gills on Lemon Drop Bang right now.
1: Well, if you hear any noise in the middle of the night, just go back to sleep. It's just me digging a hole through your wall in your garage to plumb my straw in there. I'm just going.
0: There you go. There you go. I'll ignore it.
1: I guess let's get started. Um, Name a wrestling figure podcast that you can't stand. Uh... Well, I I won't
0: name a wrestling figure podcast I can't stand, but I will say those jerks over at Drunk Wrestling History, I can't stand that show. What a bunch (laughs) of clowns, man. Who let them in?
1: There's a guy that sounds just like you, but he's always drunk.
0: I can't stand that guy.
1: We'll have to see if we can get them reported or, you know, get our some of our burner accounts on them. And no, just kidding, guys. We already have people out there that do that kind yes. of thing. So that <laughs> actually happened to me. I got my uh, my first one star. Of course, no feedback as to why I suck, just I guess I suck. And so. see,
0: that is the worst part. Like when somebody does that, congratulations, Tim. You got your first troll. But as I've always said on fully posable, it's okay if you say we suck. But just tell us why so we can fix it and maybe make a listener out of you. Like, give us constructive criticism. We've gotten one stars and three stars and four stars. But as long as they come at us and tell us why, and it's not just, you know, some off the wall crap and it's actually constructive, that actually does tend to help. And hopefully we can fix that and make a listener out of them.
1: Honestly, the joke's on the person that did it because I got my thoughts of who it is. And, I, you know, honestly, I don't care. It's so. a short list. <laughs> Yeah, open up another account and give me another one. <laughs> Thank you, sir. May I have another?
0: Yeah. yeah. Don't invite too many, though, because...
1: Yeah. Scott, I know you're you're out here in my neck of the woods, but where were you born and uh, raised? Yes,
0: sir. I am out in your neck of the woods now, living in Tracy, California. Uh, Jeff and I both, uh, born in San Leandro, California, which is about half an hour, 45 minutes away, depending on traffic. Still go there and visit all the time. And if you're not familiar with San Leandro, It's about 10 to 15 minutes outside of Oakland. And growing up, we would always go to A's games. I grew up an athletics fan and now diehard Yankees fan. That's a whole other story. But always went to A's games at the Coliseum when bleacher seats were like three bucks. Always had a blast at those and was really fortunate growing up in San Leandro because we were not only close to the Oakland Coliseum, we were also close to the Cow Palace in San Francisco. And back in the mid 80s to late 80s, WWF would bounce shows every other month. They would do, say, like January at the Coliseum, February at the Cow Palace, March back at the Coliseum, and so on. They would bounce back and forth between the the two venues. Super fortunate we always got to go to the Coliseum shows, not so much the Cow Palace. But if you're unfamiliar with San Leandro, just think Oakland, California, and that's where it is on the map.
1: Home of one heck of a Walmart, too, for anybody that's coming into the Bay Area.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, put on your bulletproof vest, lock your cars, (laughs) you're in for a wild ride.
1: Yeah, lock your cars and then try to figure out how your car's still not there when you come out of the store.
0: (laughs) Or sitting on blocks. (laughs) Not the greatest.
1: So I grew up the opposite. I was more at the Cal Palace and less frequently was able to get to the Oakland shows. But man, those were the days. They really
0: were. They man to think about monthly house shows in California in the Bay Area at two different venues. So many names came through. You name an '80s WWF superstar, they came through the town, and it was always a lot of fun. And it always seems those things sold out or were at least like 85 percent capacity. So many people went to them. It was great.
1: And I just remember, I, I don't know how much of this is just being younger versus it being a different time in wrestling, but I I just remember you'd sit through about half of the card and they'd have an intermission and then they'd announce that tickets were going on sale for the next yes. show and everybody would just literally get up and sprint to the concourse to try to get in line to get yeah, tickets. Exactly.
0: You're absolutely right. So you had to get your tickets for the next show. You had to get your programs. I loved the merch stands back then. I'll never forget one of the Coliseum shows we went to. I'd gotten a Macho Man poster, and we were sitting in our seats. We were on the floor, and I think we were about, I don't know, seven or eight rows back. Anyway, this dude in front of us kept jumping up. Like everything that happened, this kid would jump up or this dude would stand up, and he was right in front of me and Jeff. And so we'd be kind of looking around him. Finally, my dad had enough. He grabbed my Macho Man poster, and he hit the dude in the back. He goes, hey, you're in the way of my kids. They can't see. Now, I wasn't so worried about the dude and my dad brawling. I was more concerned that he might have creased my Macho Man poster. (laughs) Can't have that.
1: Yeah. How's that poster holding up today? Long
0: gone. I wish I still had it. All those old 80s posters I had, man, long gone, unfortunately.
1: And half of the programs I have are missing the card flyer that came with it. And some of them are wrinkled, but I do still have some. Yeah. And
0: our mom would actually write in the program on the, the match card. If there were any substitutions, she wrote down how long the match went. She would circle the winner for us. I Man, I so wish I still had all those.
1: What's your take on that? Do you think that, I mean, because it was just magical to be at one of those shows back then. The substitutions, like somebody would be out and they'd go, in his place, though, is Rowdy Rowdy Piper. And the lid would blow off the place. And you're, you know, I just remember being so excited. But I struggle with how much of that was because I was a kid versus... You know, that's still going on today. It's just not as I'm an older guy now.
0: Yeah, I do remember some substitutions that happened, but it was almost always on the undercard. So it would be like, you know, SD Jones opponent didn't show. So substitute is Iron Mike Sharp. One of the funnier ones (laughs) that we had, we had bought tickets to a Coliseum show that was supposed to be headlined by Ultimate Warrior versus Ric Flair. Then Ultimate Warrior bounced And they put in Undertaker. So now we were going to have Undertaker versus Flair. And we're like, okay, we'll keep our tickets. That should be good. Well, then Flair dropped off the card. And they substituted in Nails. So what was supposed to be (laughs) Warrior and Flair devolved into Undertaker Nails. We ended up still going to the card. It ended up being that match specifically ended up being like a 30-second squash. (laughs) And we were so disappointed. So... Not all substitutions are great.
1: <laughs> yeah. So on one hand, that seems like such a dramatic, different match. But on the other hand, you got the Warrior and Nails, neither which can wrestle, and both are involved in uh, squash yeah, matches, Yeah, right?
0: it, it was not great, but it was still a lot of fun. <laughs> like you said, those shows were just so much fun to go to. And, you know, just being kids and being a part of that live event, you were always watching it on TV. But when you went to your first live show... I'll never forget how loud it was when SD Jones slammed Iron Mike Sharp. That was kind of the first wrestling move I saw was a body slam. And I'll never forget how loud that was compared to the volume on TV when you'd see a guy slam somebody. And I was blown away. I was like, oh, my gosh, like this is totally real. Like everybody tells me wrestling is fake. There's no way this is real. So while people still say this stuff is fake, no way. Absolutely not. Those guys themselves every single night.
1: It sounded like a shotgun going off when you first heard that guy's body slap down on the exactly. on the canvas. Exactly, or
0: a punch in the corner, and you're hearing flesh on flesh, and oh, man, that's it pulled me in immediately and been a fan ever since.
1: When exactly did you get started in wrestling? Did you find the figures first, or did you find wrestling on TV first? Yeah, I actually first?
0: found the figures first, and I was at Toys R Us in Hayward, and we were looking actually for mask toys, and so I'm going along looking for mask. Ended up finding the mask toys, but right next to the mask toys, they had just put up all of the LJN figures, the first series. And the very first figure I saw hanging up on the pegs was Jimmy Superfly Snooka. I didn't know a thing about wrestling. I just knew that there were these cool figures hanging up that didn't look like they did anything. They didn't pose, but you could sling them, you could fling them, you could buy a ring to put them in. And these guys looked awesome because they were way bigger than any three and three quarter inch figure that I was playing with at the time. Begged my mom for the snooker figure. Mom, please get me the snooker. She's like, I'll tell you what. You don't need anything else in your collection. But if you stop collecting something else, we can talk about you getting into the wrestling figures. Well, fast forward to that Christmas. She must have had a conversation with my aunt because my first figure that I ended up getting was the Hulk Hogan, which every kid in the 80s. Pretty much had that Hulk Hogan. Boy, girl, didn't matter. You had that figure in your collection. I got mine for Christmas that year, and that's when Jeff found the Hogan, and that's when he got into wrestling. So because of the figures, that got us watching Channel 2 every Saturday morning at 10 a.m., and again, that's when the addiction started, and we've never stopped. But it was figures that got us in before actually seeing wrestling on television.
1: That's fascinating, man. I, I was the opposite. I discovered the wrestling first and then the figures. It just makes me wonder how many people found it by the figures first. Yeah, so. it's
0: definitely a question to ask people, especially as you're interviewing people in the community, like which came first? Was it the figures or was it the, the wrestling? And the cool part is, is I got to tell Jimmy Snuka that story probably 10, maybe 11 years ago at a uh, wrestle fest that AP, not APW, oh gosh, big time wrestling was putting on kirk white and snooker was one of his guests and i got to go up i got my classic superstar Snuka figure signed and i got to tell him that story now how much of it he took in or even cared about i have no idea but i was just happy i got to share that with him because his action figure is the reason that i still watch wwe today wow
1: well i don't know what the right phrase for that is but i guess bittersweet maybe with it being yes. Snuka? No,
0: it 100 is and i totally get it now like not greatest dude if all of the allegations are true, which everything seems to point to them completely being true. But that's just how I got into it again. It was the 80s. It was a different time. I didn't know anything about Snuka at the time. but And even when I met him and told him that story, I wasn't super familiar with the story at the time. So now going forward, we're probably never going to see another Jimmy Superfly Snuka figure, and I totally get it. But his LJN is the reason I'm watching wrestling.
1: It's kind of a catch twenty with wrestling to me because the height of wrestling in my mind was kind of these outlaws that were not politically correct that offended people that lived you know you just they walked down the aisle and you you legitimately wondered if they uh, might kill yeah, you. A lot
0: of them look like they could you know? <laughs> or wanted to. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And so it's not a huge surprise that some of these guys got involved in some bad things. And so it's one of those things that's a little hard for me to process. Like, I, I obviously, I don't condone anything the guy did, and I'm not going to make excuses for him. But I also just have lots of fond memories of him, and it's hard to separate that Yeah. Sometimes. And
0: honestly, you could say that about a lot of the guys that we watched growing up, Sam, from Warrior to Hogan to Snuka. You know the list goes on of dudes that did bad things, and man, I mean, Chris it, Benoit, yeah, that's that's a whole other one. But yeah, it's it just sucks, and we're not condoning it, but their body of work from back then, we still appreciate it. N- not so much me with Benoit, that was a whole different issue. I I, I can't with Benoit, but like Hogan and Warrior and Jimmy Superfly Snuka. I I don't really know where to draw the line. You know what I mean? It gets it gets really hairy because there have been dudes that have been some done some bad things. And you know Jake with his with his drug addictions and wrestling drunk or high or whatever. Even Hawk, you know Road Warriors, my favorite tag team of all time, and Hawk wrestled drunk all the time. And it it, it really sucks to hear those stories now. But I I tend to look back with rose colored glasses and kind of try to pick the flowers yeah. and not the weeds. I guess.
1: Yeah. Well said, man. To me, even with Benoit, I mean, all of them, as far as what they did in the ring, I can't now say I didn't enjoy Chris Benoit's matches. I did. Am I going to you know, buy figures of him and promote him and push him now? Of course not. But as far as what my memories are of him in the ring in the past times, like, I can't deny I enjoyed the guy. I can't pretend I didn't because he turned out to be what he turned out to be. Where I kind of draw the line is just from the point he did that on, okay, you're done with me, but my memories of you in the ring are still yeah, what they Yeah, I were. agree with
0: you. and. I was at WrestleMania 20 when he had that great moment to close the show with Eddie Guerrero. What a moment to be a part of and you can never take that away from him. But I'm with you that pretty much everything after that what happened, no more support. You know, if they make any more figures yeah. which I think he would pretty much be in the same boat as Snuka, I doubt there's going to be any more figures but zero support.
1: Yeah, I, I can't see anybody, even any of these secondary figure makers, I can't see anybody making any figures or anything of him, and I don't think totally they agree. should. I'll leave the, the horrible, dark subject of Chris <laughs> Benoit and go to a really positive subject, and that's the creation of your Fully Posable podcast. How did that come to be?
0: Essentially, Jeff and I have been wrestling figure collectors as soon as we saw that snook figure on the pegs. We never stopped and jeff and i are five years apart we've really had the most fights that we had was up until when he turned 18 we hated each other's guts we fought all the time you can ask our parents we fought all the time we fought over who got to play on the nintendo or the super nintendo or the genesis we you name it we fought over it we hated each other's guts until the day that he turned 18 something shifted suddenly we were like best friends But up to that point of him turning 18, we hated each other's guts, but wrestling figures are the one thing that was, it it was like that brotherly glue that held us together was wrestling figures. It always brought us together. It was always what we were talking about playing with like wrestling figures were our obsession and really like the tie that binded us until he turned 18. And then we were friends and, you know, other things came up and Hey, let's hang out and do other stuff instead of just playing wrestling figures. And, We never stopped. It's always been wrestling figures for for us, whether it was collecting as they were coming out or going back and getting older figures and filling up the collection that way or going to wrestling events. But it was it, it always goes back to wrestling figures for us. So with that all said, Jeff was looking for a wrestling figure podcast and he couldn't find one. And he came to me and he goes, dude, you know, I've been looking everywhere for a figure podcast and I cannot find one. And I was like, oh, that's weird with like everybody doing podcasts. Now you would think that that would be because everybody had a wrestling podcast. He, w- he was like, I can't believe I can't find it. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's really weird. He goes, you want to do one? I'm like, really? You, you want to do a wrestling figure podcast? And he goes, well, why not? We've collected them our whole lives. It makes sense. We know some things about them. We've never stopped collecting them since the LJNs." I was like, all right, dude, let's, we'll throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. And Here we are, five and a half years later. It started up January in 2016. And here we are again, almost five and a half years later, and we're still going. I think we just dropped episode 270-something, and we've had numerous interviews, uh, one of which, and I've got to say it, my favorite interview that we've done was Bill from LJN. The reason it's my favorite is we got to talk to the guy that had such a big influence in our childhoods. As I said, Jeff and I hated each other's guts but we loved LJN figures and that brought us together. So to be able to talk to Bill and just pick his brain for a half an hour, 40 minutes, however long it was, was such an honor. And I listened back to that episode now and just smile because he had such an impact on our childhoods. And I just wanted him to know that. And it's my favorite interview still today. I think it might be Jess too. So that was one of the coolest parts of doing the show.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine having the chance to talk to, I mean, the LJN figures were s- such a formative part of my growing up and just spent so much time as you did. And so to actually have the opportunity to talk to somebody that had a hand in that is, I can't imagine how. what a Yeah. And it I'll must never forget been.
0: Jeff telling me like, Hey dude, I might have an interview lined up with the dude that worked at LJN. His name is Bill. He was involved in a bunch of the series, pretty much everything before they hit grand toys. I I, was, I, I couldn't believe it. I was blown away. Like wait, we get to talk to a guy that actually made LJNs and it, it blew me away that we had the chance to do it. And I'm so honored that he was part of the show. Aside from that, making all of the podcast buddies and not just that, but making friends like, You and I talk all the time over text messages like you're not just a podcast buddy, you're a friend, but you're also a podcast buddy. Just put you on the list and, you know, we're getting you in every week. And all of the friendships that we've been able to make just by doing this show, that's been another one of the coolest parts. Like I would have never guessed just sitting every week for an hour and a half talking about wrestling figures that we would have formed such a tight knit community of figure collectors and and then had a hashtag for it, the hashtag Fig Life. It's, it's been amazing. I could have never imagined this, but it's been just literally everybody kind of gathering around the show and just creating this really cool community of podcasters and collectors and friends. And it, it's just been an incredible ride the last five and a half years. I never could have imagined something like this when Jeff was standing at my desk and goes, oh, what do you think? We just do a wrestling figure podcast. I could have never pictured any of this.
1: The success couldn't happen to two better guys, as far as I'm concerned. You guys have always been positive, always been kind to everybody that I've ever seen you interact with, and that's kind of what I base what regards I hold somebody in is how I see them interact with others. And I've never seen you guys be unfair or cruel to anybody. You've always been positive. And, uh, and that, and that goes with how you guys have been with me directly. Um, I appreciate you guys bringing me into the fold and allowing me to be a part of it and introducing me to guys like GBM and Nate. And I guess I shouldn't start naming guys cause the list, Ralphie vibes, all these guys, the list goes on and on. I, you know, I would have never met any of those guys if it wasn't for you guys. And I wouldn't have a podcast today either if it wasn't for you. So, we wow, thank you that. to
0: hear that. Honestly, like those are the words that keep Jeff and I going five and a half years later. Literally, those words are what keep us going to, to know that we had a hand in your show. Now, that's just it blows us away, man. Like, again, we would have never pictured that five and a half years ago when we were just sitting in a little office sharing a Yeti mic putting together a a show. We didn't know if anybody was going to listen to it. So thank you for very much for the kind words and thank you for reaching out and becoming a friend like your friendship. uh, Again, all of the friendships that we've made have been amazing and I truly appreciate your friendship and it's because you reached out and you're like, Hey, what's going on guys? And then boom, right in the, right in the family. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's an easy community (laughs) to get in to really get into. Um, And it's, it, it's so humbling. And it's such an honor to hear those words from you, Tim. So thank you very much from both Jeff and myself. Thank you.
1: Absolutely, man. And and as much as I thank you, I'm not sure that my wife might be the Yang to that Ying or whatever, because along with that comes, you kind of got me uh, going too with working on my Hasbro collection and so the, the missus might not appreciate all the funding that's walked out the door no I'm, I'm kidding she's been super supportive with that too and uh, and cool with it in fact cool story with you was the time that I was celebrating a anniversary and broke away from the table because yep. you were at a toy show and you hopped on the phone with me and gave me the lowdown of what they had and you helped me get a probably what was still to this day, my best haul as far as Hasbro's. And
0: honestly, damn, I cannot wait that once, I don't know if there's ever really going to be over with, but it's going to settle down this whole pandemic that we're in right now. I can't wait to hit up a toy show with you, dude. It's going to be so much fun to finally meet you face to face and hang out and go check out toys. And unfortunately Hasbro's are probably three times what they were two years ago when I got you the deal at that San Jose toy show. But I, dude, I can't <laughs> wait to start going to toy shows again. That's going to be so much fun.
1: It's kind of funny. We were just at the point where we were talking about doing that. And then the pandemic came and shoved it back a year and a half. So here we are. But when that finally does happen, I might only be able to get <laughs> two or three figures yeah. instead of eight or nine. But
0: <laughs> yeah, it's gone up quite a bit. Isn't that crazy to think about just two years ago when you got that haul, what you would have paid for it today. It's crazy how much they've gone up just in that short amount of time.
1: Yeah, I was looking at the one, two, three kid loose is like, what, six, seven hundred bucks
0: now. That's insane. That is insane.
1: (laughs) Some of them are like sun faded or, you know, the face is discolored from the body. And at that point, six, seven hundred dollars, it better be like you just opened it and then I'm still that's still have that new toy smell. I mean, yeah, exactly. I know we're limited on time, and so I could probably go down a long rabbit hole with Fully Posable, and um, and I'm sure most of the people that listen to this podcast listen to Fully Posable, and probably have heard the story, so I won't go too far into that. I did, though, want to ask you about the Drunk Wrestling History Show and how that came to be with uh, yeah, Adam and Eddie. So
0: that was funny right off the bat, mentioning those guys. Um, Adam is newer to our group. We've known Adam for about, I would say, three, maybe four years now. Really funny guy. He's into improv. He hosts weekly trivia shows. Really funny, really quick. A lot of fun to talk to. And he's a huge wrestling fan. In fact, he just hit his first WrestleMania. I want to say it was 35 was his first WrestleMania. And the dude just went to take. He had a blast. Eddie, I've known... Man, since like 93, 94. And we became really good. He was Jeff's friend, actually. And I met him through Jeff. Jeff actually graduated with Eddie. And Eddie and I just have always maintained a friendship all these years. And much like with Jeff and I with the wrestling figures, Eddie and my main glue aside from music is wrestling. And every time we get together, literally every time we hang at Adams, usually there we hang out. We drink and we watch wrestling. And while wrestling's on, we're talking about wrestling. So we went out to dinner one night. We're all sitting at the table. Adam wasn't there, but we're at this uh, Italian restaurant in San Francisco. And we're having a few drinks. And of course, boom, we start talking about wrestling. It's what we do. And I threw at him. I was like, dude, what do you think about doing like a wrestling podcast? And he's like, oh, there's just there's so many. And I was like, "Okay, but what if we were drunk when we were doing it? And then the light bulb kind of went off like, okay, maybe (laughs) this is something. And so we start looking and nobody currently is doing a Drunk Wrestling History show. So let's give it a shot. So we recorded our first uh, set of shows in November of 2019. Me, Eddie, Adam, and we've been going ever since. It's just a lot of fun. And we, we do get a lot of input from listeners on what we review. I would say maybe half of what we've recorded so far has just come from listeners off of their suggestions so watch alongs uh podcast or not podcasts but pay-per-views you want us to review big angles that happened throw it at our twitter it's at uh, wrestling underscore drunk just twitter let us know what you want us to review we'll check it out and most likely it'll make a show
1: Obviously, um, Fully Posable is so big and it's been going so long and that's where most people know you from. But if you're not listening to the Drunk Wrestling History Show, I definitely recommend you check it out. It's every bit as good. just Yeah, maybe not thank you well for saying known, that, right? Tim.
0: It's uh, We drop it. Every, Eddie kind of changes schedules a little bit. It's either every Friday or every other Friday. It just kind of depends on timing and material available. And it's either every Friday, every other Friday. We're on Twitter at Wrestling Underscore Drunk. And it, it's just, it is different than Fully Posable. This is a wrestling podcast, not a wrestling figure podcast. We do cover mostly older stuff, but it's definitely not family friendly. So listeners of Fully Posable that want to listen to <laughs> the drug Wrestling History Show, don't listen to it with your kids. A lot of colorful language. And again, two of the three of us are drinking. So stuff just flies off the cuff. There's no editing done. So just a word of warning, but it is a lot of fun. If, if you like older wrestling, you'll most likely enjoy that show.
1: Big fan of both of those shows, man, and always looking Thanks, for man. those in my that. feed. Um, absolutely. Scott, did you do uh, any <laughs> toy spotting this week? I <laughs> Another one I've been waiting to steal from you, Jeff. You should have came on, and then you could have done it, but I'll, again, I'll fill in for you this week.
0: Jeff is, man, and your first show in. I love it. I, I haven't been in Target or Walmart this week. But I, I did just get in the Walter RSC exclusive. Wow. Amazing figure. I waited a while to get it because they're, I guess they've been backordered on it or whatever. But unbelievable figure from the pose because I'm an, a, a mint on card guy. I don't open my figures. He is in his ring general pose with the hands behind the back. Comes with the UK title, the black robe, extra set of hands. The sculpt on him is perfect. The only bad thing is there's no peg on the top of the, the card to hang them up with. So I'm going to have to put them on a shelf. Not a huge deal. But I love that the top of the card, it's kind of angled up. And the top of it says NXT TakeOver 2019. So from top to bottom, from the packaging, to his pose, to the figure itself, amazing figure. I can't recommend that, Walter, enough.
1: I've got the Walter and I haven't opened mine either yet, but I have seen, there's like an insert that comes with it. I think that folds out and it's like the stage entrance for him. Have you seen that?
0: Make me open the figure now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It looks like it's kind of the backdrop of when he would, I want to say I saw it on Mercari or eBay or somebody was selling the figure and they had the backdrop behind them.
0: Okay. I might have to get a second Walter. You know what? If we're at the toy show, Our first one that we're able to get back to, Tim, a fourth toy show, and they've got a Walter on by in a second, just to open it.
1: One of the main reasons I wanted to have you on this week was because I've got a big announcement. My first sponsor that uh, I got signed up with here, and it's um, one that you're familiar (laughs) with, Bang Energy. It's got me. (laughs) I'm I'm just kidding. That's totally not a sponsor if anybody's listening out there. Breaker, Bane, Jeff,
0: and myself are grabbing our pitchforks and torches and marching towards Stockton, California. <laughs>
1: <laughs> where where did your love for Bang come from? I, I you turned me on to it. That's another thing I have to be thankful to you for, or maybe not. I don't know. My <laughs> I don't know if your heart Yeah, I but I do enjoy the heck out of them. Where where did you get? Or did you discover that? Or did somebody tr- yeah, turn you onto that? Or where did that come those from? Through
0: Breaker and Bane's podcast, because they would pop them every week, and just okay. started drinking them. And then he got me started on them. And now we're total fanboys of the Bang product. And we're not sponsored by them at all. We get nothing from them. We just, you know, if you like something, you promote it. It's just good. And it gets us through the show every week. And to be quite honest, with the whole pandemic thing, I had worked from home for a full year. Almost from, from the day I started working at home to the day I went back to work was almost one full calendar year. And so I've been back for about two weeks now. I cannot say how important bangs are in my life right now to get me through the workday. Just You kind of have to get back into the condition of being in the office full-time again, and bangs have really gotten me through it.
1: And there's been so many flavors coming out, and I know we talked about bangs and what our favorites were probably like a year ago, but... With all the different flavors that are out now and everything. So what's what's your current rush more of, uh, of Bang me, flavors uh, today? I think
0: Candy Apple Crisp is still at the top of the chain for me. Uh, Lemon Drop, only because we've got like 130 of them sitting in our garage right now. <laughs> I'll throw that one up <laughs> at uh, number two. Uh, lime Pie, for some reason, has been one of my go-tos lately. Uh, uh, I know a lot of people, yeah. it, it's one of those you either love it or you hate it. And a lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it. Uh, Another one for me, ooh, you know, I would say Bankster Berry. That's one of my favorites, too. So if I had to pick four, those would probably be the four right now that are my go-tos.
1: One of the ones that I found kind of on a whim, one time I just tried and I thought, what the hell is Rainbow Unicorn? Is that (laughs) like unicorn piss flavored (laughs) banger? I, I don't know but I, I just grabbed it to try it. And it's kind of like, a, I don't know if you've had that one or if you like it, but it it's watermelon, I guess. Right. And it's it, really? that, okay. one of my favorites. I haven't now. talked
0: to many people that like that flavor.
1: Yeah. It's kind of a watermelon flavor is the best okay. I, I can pull from it. But some of the ones are a little sweeter and that where you can only have one sip, but some of them are so sweet that I can drink like a half a can. And then I start going, yeah. okay, I, I got to back off. But the that's why I like that watermelon, because it's kind of a... Gotcha. You know, another good one, if sweetness. you can
0: find it. I don't even know if they make this flavor anymore with champagne. It was really oh, good. Oh, I did have and that, yeah. I haven't yeah. Been able to find it anywhere around here. The um the tea flavors are pretty good. They make like a Georgia sweet peach tea, and a I think they make a lemon drop tea. Those are really good. They're in like a brown colored can. Yep. But again, those are kind of harder to find. But those four I gave you, Power Punch, if I can include a fifth, those are so readily available around here. And this for that reason, have just become my go-tos.
1: Yeah. And I just got through running over sweet flavored bangs, but now I'm going to tell you that peach mango is one of my very favorites. And I'm not really even a mango guy per se, but that tastes to me like I used to get those peach rings oh, yeah. when I would go to Disneyland as a kid. And this tastes like that in a drink. And so it's oh, yeah. I'm sure it's all nostalgia. So when I
0: first started drinking bangs, Sour Heads was my favorite. And I think I drank too many of them because it's not really on my go-to list anymore. But Peach Mango, that to me is what, like you mentioned, uh, Power Punch is one of those tried and true staples. Peach Mango to me is one of those tried and trues that uh, I don't really feel like a Sour Heads. And most places like the Sour Heads, Blue Raz, Purple Haze, which Purple Haze is really good too. But Peach Mango is usually the one I'll pick out of the, the litter of those standards because it's always Blue Raspberry and those other ones. Peach Mango is awesome.
1: Well, Scott, I told you I'd keep it to a set amount of time, and I know you've got a busy schedule, and I definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, That might have been the fastest uh, hour of my life. I think we're under an hour, but um, anyway, before we go, I just wanted to say that your podcast definitely has had a huge impact on me for you know, from bang to collecting figures to the friendships I've made, and I really appreciate uh, the fact that you guys embraced me with open arms, brought me into the fold here, and all the all the great guys that I've met in the community. I owe that to you guys, and and I really appreciate that and all you guys have done. You guys have been doing this longer than anybody else, and uh, that's quite an accomplishment. But you started doing it first. <laughs> And that's another huge accomplishment. So I just wanted to say thank you, man. I'm honored that you came on to talk to me. And uh, and I'm I'm grateful for all your help.
0: And honestly, Jeff and I truly, truly appreciate those words. And we're just happy you're part of the family, man. And I said it earlier, making friends from this show has been one of the most rewarding things, not just based on the show, but in my life, like making all of these friends. It's been incredible. So thank you for being a part of my life. And thank you for the kind words. And again, that's from both Jeff and I. Thank you, Tim.
1: Appreciate both you guys. Um, Big fans of everything you guys do. And I never miss either one of your podcasts. I'll get Jeff in here (laughs) one of these days. I'll run him down. It's super important to me personally to give credit where credit's due. And I challenge everybody else to do the same thing. Don't feel like you can't let people know what they mean to you and that you've benefited from them. So. That's the end of my rant and soapbox, man. One of the time-honored traditions of my podcast is that I like to ask my guests to pick any wrestler's entrance theme, past or current.
0: I'm going to go with Jive Soul Bro from Slick.
1: Awesome choice, dude. No, I have not had that one, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad I do now. So, Scott, thanks a bunch for joining me, my man. My pleasure, and I know Tim. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate soon. it, brother. Take care, brother.
0: You too. Said I love her forever more, but the trouble is I tell the same old story to every girl that walks through the door. This is the sixth time talking to your honey.
1: Hey guys, I just wanted to give some quick shout outs and thank yous before I get out of here. Of course, I want to thank my good friend, Scott, for joining me this week. Scott's been a tremendous influence and great friend to me. And definitely want to thank you, Scott, for coming on the podcast. Shout out to Scott's co-host, Eddie and Adam, over at Drunk Wrestling History. Check out their podcast. It's entertaining. They're more accurate than they claim to be, and every bit as drunk as they claim to be. Check out Drunk Wrestling History. Also like to give a shout out to Scott's brother, Jeff. Scott and Jeff are the team. Fully posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. If you're not checking out that podcast... Get over there and give them a listen. They're like the Cal Ripkin of wrestling figure podcasts. Been going the longest; haven't missed an episode, and they're the originals. Check them out. Shout out, Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Like to give a shout out to my good friend Drew Vensel and his wife Caitlin Vensel, Tales from the Estate Podcast. Drew and Caitlin have been lighting it up with their top fives. And this week, Drew came with more Tales from the Estate with a bonus episode. So if you're not checking out that show, check it out. It's fun, it's entertaining, and it really makes your brain think. I know it does mine. Shout out, Drew. Tales from the Estate. Shout out, Breaker and Bane. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour is on every week, and I'm entertained by that show every week as well. So check them out, and check out Breaker's other podcast. You know it's fake, right? Can't tell you how many times I've heard that in my life, and now I get to hear other people's stories along the same lines. Check them out. Shout out, Breaker. Make sure to check out Wrestling Figure Database. Dylan and Rob have done an awesome job compiling every figure ever created, essentially. They've put in a lot of hard work. I use it. You should too. Check them out and support them. Shout out Dylan and Rob, Wrestling Figure Database. Thank you for listening to Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot. If you enjoyed it, please help put the show over by telling a friend and clicking the subscribe button on Anchor, Google, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. You will get instant notifications whenever a new show drops. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at That's That's A-C-H-A-I-R-S-H-O-T. You will want to keep an eye on my socials in the coming weeks. Trust me. Feel free to leave questions or audio comments on the show page on Anchor FM's website or email them to me directly at hershot at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in again, and until next week, Bobby. All good things must come to an end, right? Well, every time changes everything. And a friend in need is a pest.